The following podcast is a part of RadioMisfits.com. This episode is brought to you by TweakedAudio.com. Get headphones, earbuds, and accessories from TweakedAudio.com. Just enter the discount code CAFCOMICS, that's all one word at the checkout. You'll get 33% off your entire order, free worldwide shipping, and a limited lifetime warranty on everything you buy. That's TweakedAudio.com. And now... It's time for Caffeinated Comics, a lively discussion and debate on comics, film, television, and collectibles, all fueled by the magic of Frappuccinos. And now, here's your hosts, John and Steven. Thank you, it's Caffeinated Comics. I'm your host, John Clark. With me, as always, is my co-host, Stephen Brown. And it is... Uh, this is this is officially our latest latest yes. last minute podcast. This it's Sunday night. This is usually when I post the podcast. Yes, this is this is when I send it to Edward Silha, who uh, who helps run all of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network, who's awesome. Um, this is usually the time that I upload it and say, "Hey, the episode's up." Net right now, he, we're recording. I, did you give him a message like, "Hey, we're going to be a little late"? No, I usually uh, Monday mornings is oh, when the podcast checks, comes out. So we, we've got time. <laughs> so you know, I'm going to have to upload this the second you leave. Yeah. Um, but the reason is, is that you've been at an all weekend shoot with yeah. your company, and yep. I just got back from New York. Yes. <laughs> so this is uh, was like the only time we could conceivably fit this in today. Yeah. In fact, we did last week's podcast like Thursday night. Yes, um, so because you left Friday. Yeah, I had something yeah. Friday night, and then I week. left Saturday morning. Um, um, I was I was actually going to ask. I was like, I wonder if we could do it just like er, how early is too early Monday morning to do this? And then oh, I was like, yeah, no, I, I don't, I don't want to be in your home that early with children. No, no, I have to. I I need to be on a train. Yeah, <laughs> I, I assumed you were going to work tomorrow. Yes. Yeah, uh, work. which was nice because we drove back. Um, usually, we take two days to do it. In fact, we took two days to get there. Um, we did like 10 hours. We stopped in Pennsylvania at a Quality Inn, which is a misnomer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then we did You like, know what? Yeah. We, we book a lot of travel shoots for the guys. Yeah. So we send like a two-man crew out all the time. And I just booked them at a Quality Inn. And we do what we always did. In fact, they stayed in this exact same hotel three weeks ago. Yeah. Two queen-size beds. They get there. It's a king-size bed. But the lady's like, well, there's a pull-out couch in the in the room and they're like no 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 lady regardless of whether or not there's a pull-out couch in the room which there wasn't (laughs) that is not what we booked that's not what we paid for the guys were expecting two queen size beds so that was uh yeah quality in is uh not what they don't know what that word means no No, i think that was like quality was the biggest uh expletive uh, that, that was available yes. yeah yeah because they're like we can't say good right <laughs> yeah. um but we stayed there and then we did the rest of the drive uh the next morning coming back we just went we left at like 10 in the morning yeah and um we were like let's just keep going and then with the time difference working in our favor we, we got, got an back. hour we got back at about ten thirty, so we had today um, for everybody to kind of decompress and for uh, the boys to have a couple of meltdowns and yeah yeah uh, well for, hey for they us saved to take them that personally. So, they didn't, so they didn't have them on the trip you know oh no we had a lot of shutdowns oh okay yeah yeah but I had a great week um, yeah that's awesome it was I went to the um, Museum of the Moving Image which is one of my favorite museums in my old neighborhood I of Astoria say, um, I've been in New York 
four times yeah. maybe never made it over there oh we've never gone together we've no. gone to puerto rico yes but uh yeah you've never been there when i'm there it's great it's in astoria it's by california story studios um most of it's like any museum a lot of it's been unchanged for changed for 20 years but there's a lot of really cool stuff you can do adr you can uh do sound effects you can do music scoring you can make stop motion animation there's a gallery of cameras and televisions that go back to like the early 20th century that's wild there's two big screening rooms uh we went because they had a big jim henson exhibit so in the small screen room they were showing old muppet shows in the big screening room they were showing labyrinth uh but we went to the jim henson exhibit which was fascinating they had uh, a lot of original Muppets from the 70s, like like the Kermit was from 74. Wow. They had a Statler and Waldorf, which needs to be my Facebook page. Uh, Avatar, they had a Avatar. Rolf, my profile picture. Oh, I thought you said Avatar like um, the blue people. No, they didn't the have movie. Avatar. No. I was like, what? The James Cameron or what's his name? Jim Henson? <laughs> no, they did have that. I think feel like they had that at the Field Museum. I I did go to a, a thing that had. I went blue to an avatars. avatar exhibit at yeah. some point, and it's interesting because the Field Museum about ten years ago, around the time we moved here, had a Jim Henson exhibit. Yeah, it was actually. Sh- I think it was shorter than ten years ago because I think we went. My, my brother did an internship. We had him on the podcast talking about yeah, it. talking about the Muppets. Yes, he did an internship at Muppet Studio, and they were uh, putting together the exhibit. And then it came to Chicago, and then I think we went and saw it, but it was a bunch of stuff he had already seen, like, behind the scenes. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, yeah it was so at the this Field had, Museum. This had totally different things. Like, one of the things I found interesting was at the Field Museum, they had Ernie and Bert. They did not have Ernie and Bert at the Moving Image. And I'm like, why wouldn't you have Ernie and Bert? They had yeah. a full Big Bird. Right. And uh, Cookie Monster. They had a lot of uh, models from some of the Muppet films. They had a full Skeksis from Dark Crystal, which uh, my younger son would not go anywhere near. Yeah, I wouldn't either because <laughs> that movie's horrifying. That movie's terrifying. And there's a Netflix series starting. So Yeah, they're, I'll they're never watch that. <laughs> One more thing I won't watch on Netflix. So it was a really cool exhibit. And, yeah. Uh, so we spent the day there and going around. And then uh, actually that night, Mike Drucker, who's been on the show a few times, who wrote me into a Spider-Man comic um, that no one ever says the character's name. Yeah. Uh, he runs a show in Astoria. So he runs a show called My Obituary where he gets comedians to write their own obituaries and read them. Oh, that's funny. It was very good. And then he reads like really disturbing obituaries. Like that real found. ones? Yeah. He's, oh, wow. He's found all these obituaries where it's clear the family hated the person that was dead. Yeah. Uh, but it was great to see him. He's doing well. He's been writing on Full Frontal for a couple of years. Um, doing great. He's had a few podcasts, but I think they're all on hiatus now. Yeah. But we did that. Feller. Yeah. We also went, um, uh, this is leaning towards music, which is something I love that, uh, usually our listeners don't, <laughs> but, <laughs> but the play it loud exhibit at the Met, the Metropolitan Museum of Art was absolutely incredible. There were guitars there from, um, there was like, I was saying this to my wife, uh, when we left, when I was about. 1819. I lived in the basement apartment of my parents' house, which was uh, coincidentally where we stayed all week. And I turned the living room into um, a music studio slash recording studio where uh, my friends and I would uh, we would play guitar and we would uh, do improv and record on the cassette tapes and we drink 40s of Budweiser and talk about girls that weren't there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but 
on the wall, I used to have a subscription to Guitar World, which is still around, and they used to have centerfolds of guitars because they knew you were that nerdy. Yeah. So on my wall, I had like Eric Clapton, Strat, and Jimmy Page's Les Paul and uh, John Lennon's Rickenbacker, and I had this wall full of guitars, and I looked at it for years and years and years, and then I realized after I bought the house and I was playing in more bands, I actually bought one of each of those guitars, and then I was like, oh, now I have the real guitars hanging. Yeah, it's like the grown-up version of what you're doing. Is yes, like, at the Met, they have those actual guitars. Yeah, the actual ones. They have, like, Jimmy Page's Les Paul that he played all through Led Zeppelin. Yeah. Like, in plexiglass that you can walk around and you can see every scratch oh, on wow. it. Oh, wow. They Pretty much every band was... Um, represented this they, is a like a, a special exhibit this isn't yes. there all the time no no this is a big exhibit i don't know if it'll travel i don't know how long it's staying but mm-hmm. it was a good chunk of the met uh they had they had a smashed guitar from pete townsend oh, that's that they had, cool they'd stored in amber and like reassembled oh. it uh they had like eddie van halen's guitar that he built himself that he used for all the early tours they had people's amps they had tom morello's pedals they had video of like keith richards talking about his guitars every single band they had like a prince's suit they had like jimmy page's suit they had like bruce springsteen's 1952 telly most of these are so rare that the actual people still own them so oh. like on the plaque it said bruce well, springsteen's Esquire from 1952. On loan from yes, Bruce Springsteen. Yes, on loan from Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> That's wild. And there were a couple of empty slots, and I don't know what exactly what they were because they oh. put the plaque down, but I think what happened was a couple of bands went back out on tour. And they're like, hey, oh, like the Rolling Stones were just in yes. Chicago, right? So they were yes. probably like, hey, we need our shit. <laughs> we're going to go play right. our last show or whatever. And in fact, they had a Les Paul that Keith Richards had, which he sold to McTaylor, who ended up joining the Stones in the 70s. So two guys in the Rolling Stones have both owned this guitar. Yeah, That was there. But in the video, he talks about his telly that he's always used. And it there was an empty space. Yeah. And I think he lent it to the museum and he's like, I gotta go out on tour and take it back. Yeah. <laughs> so uh it was really stunning. The weather actually was really good. And I, I saw a lot of people that have been on the podcast, um, drove a lot, listened uh listened to a lot of stand up on the way. Uh listened to like John Mullaney and Paul F. Tompkins and Patton Oswalt, um, Norm McDonald, because Ben really just wants to listen to stand up. They mostly sat. That's awesome. They mostly sat in the back and they uh, watched well, the right. Yeah, I think it's like I used to do. Uh, we went on road trips a lot. Not road trips. We drove down to Disney World every other year, and uh, that we didn't have all this shit when I was a kid. So we just fought like animals. Yeah, and that's what I did not. <laughs> yeah, so deal you with. didn't get that. So that was good. Um, no, we rented a and we rented a car for the trip that had a sunroof. Was a little bit bigger. Uh, it had Sirius. XM, which mm-hmm. uh, I don't have, so I made everybody listen to Howard Stern for like three or four hours because yeah. I haven't heard Howard in a long time, and Howard Stern's really good these days. Yeah, uh, still kicking. Yeah, and, and he's, he's better now. Like, yeah, his interviews are really good. So it was, uh, yeah, it was a, it was a really good trip overall. Speaking of stand-up comedians, yes. uh, your buddy, and uh, I'm a fan of him as well, Mark Normand. Um, he posted something on Instagram. Did you? Yes, do you know we, what I'm talking about. We put this on our Facebook page. Uh, Jerry Seinfeld. Yes. Yes. Was uh, this has got to be kind of like this is crazy, right? Yeah, this is amazing. It's on our Facebook page if you want to see it. But Jerry Seinfeld was like sitting. He's being in, interviewed in like a baseball. He was in the booth during a Mets game. Yeah, like, he loves the Mets, so he was like doing commentary. And the interviewer said, "Who's the 
best young comedian that you've seen? And he and Jerry's like, there's this guy called Mark Norman who's been on the show. Uh, at, at, we at, went to see Mark at uh, Zany's. Yes, and then he came over. And then and, we did the show. Renee made him sandwiches, and he was very happy about that. Yeah, and he's and he's an old friend from when I used to do stand-up, so he was like, like he was happy to see Renee again. He was happy to see Ben again. But yeah, Jerry Seinfeld says he's the funniest guy out there. Um. <laughs> yes. And it's like, he's really funny. I follow him on Instagram because he's got his clips or whatever he puts up. Yeah. He's really funny. He's a really nice guy. But it's like, I mean, the, <laughs> Jerry Seinfeld is the comedian on the planet. Yes. Right. I mean, it's yeah. like, who is bigger than Jerry Seinfeld? So it's kind of crazy. It's like, it's like uh, he's picked his successor. I'm yeah. yeah. I'm surprised he hasn't been on Comedians and Cars Getting Coffee. Yeah, it's actually kind of weird he hasn't yet. Yeah, well, who knows? Yeah, maybe. But, but that is a really, really cool thing. Yeah. It's a really cool clip, and uh, Mark deserves all of it. You can He has an hour special on Comedy Central. He's been on Conan a lot. Yeah, um, he's been on Clips a couple times. That's yeah, great. follow him on Instagram and Facebook. He's got lots of clips. But yeah, doing really well. Good for him. So uh, some of the things that happened in... Geek wise, uh, I was slightly out of touch, but the biggest thing was that Endgame is out now on iTunes. The Blu-ray comes yeah. out in a couple weeks, but the home, essentially the all, home all video the all the stuff that people would have been looking, all the extras are yes. out there. Yeah, so I was staying with uh, my friend Howie Weingarten, who's also been on the show. I was staying at his place, and um, he and his wife had not seen it yet. So Monday night, we watched Infinity War, which they had seen, but we watched it again. And then the next morning before we left, I was like, well, Endgame's ready. And we all watched Endgame. So I watched Infinity War, went to sleep. Woke up. Got up. Watched Endgame. Yeah, watched Endgame. Yeah. So I was able to see both of them in about Yeah, see, I was I, uh, I got Endgame on iTunes on Tuesday. I think I pre-ordered it when I had money, and then now I'm like, fuck. <laughs> Payday's a long way away. <laughs> uh, but my, my intent in getting it was, um, aside from watching it a bunch, was I actually tried to, I would like to try to carve out <laughs> the seven hours it would take me to watch Infinity War and then watch Endgame, kind of back-to-back. Because the movies were filmed at the same time so it's like do, does it do they feel like one big movie they don't they, they feel they definitely feel different no they feel different they feel like a movie and its sequel that worked really well yeah it, it feels like it kind of feels like they went away came back made the second movie but did it really well it, it reminded me of um and they're better than these films, but Star Trek 2, 3, and 4 mm-hmm. are like a trilogy within Star Trek because it's Wrath of Khan, then it's Search for Spock, then it's Voyage Home. Right. And none of those movies were made together. They didn't have an overall plan for that trilogy, but they fit so well together yeah. that when you see the next movie, you're like, oh, of course, that's the only way it could go. Is it like New Hope and Empire? No, because Empire feels has a different feel. Yeah, Empire. I mean, it's a different director. It's got a. Sure. It's got a, diff, a bigger budget. Um, these two movies are the same. You can tell the same directors did them, but the tones are deliberately separate. I mean, uh, Infinity War is the big blockbuster where it just gets kind of faster and faster and faster and darker and darker and darker. And then Endgame like sits there. Endgame feels a lot more like a drama. Yeah. Because they let things breathe. Like they let people be sad that half the universe is gone. They let, obviously, spoilers for Endgame if you're one of the only people who hasn't seen it because it's made more money than anything. Yeah. Um, and I believe the spoilers are out. But like 
they take their time with like the big deaths in it. Right. Whereas Infinity War, it's like everybody's dust. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah, you don't really have time in Infinity War to breathe. It's that movie. Yeah, like Gamora dies, you move on. Yeah, but, but that movie starts this, with like, like all the Asgardians getting murdered. Yeah. And then it's like, and then the bad guys show up in New York. It's just like it doesn't slow down. But a perfect example is Black Widow dies the same way Gamora died. Right. But they sit with it. They like they all sit like on the dock, right? And discuss what to do about it. Um, I also listened to the audio commentary. Yeah, so that was the other thing I saw. I watched all the extras, um, in their like takes on like alternate scripts and stuff like this. So there's there's not there's never enough in the DVDs. I feel like there's never enough stuff. Uh, but the director's commentary is one I was kind of like, oh, I want to kind of. See what these guys have to say about this. You know what I yeah. mean? It's like a, it's it, we talked about this a lot when the movie came out, but it's like I know a lot. You know, uh, this is a huge movie and everything, but it's like the fact that they like pulled this off is kind of people. We maybe shouldn't take it for granted. I'm not saying they did some like colossal human achievement, but it's like that uh, Warner Brothers couldn't get one Justice League movie right, and. Uh, Marvel pulled off 19 interconnected movies 22. that. There's 22 now. 22. Oh, 19 was they... Infinity War. Was the 19th. Yeah, and then so, Captain and then, Marvel. Then Endgame. Endgame. Yeah, because they keep saying the the Russos say a lot in the commentary. 22 movies. 22 yeah. movies. They're like, this is the end of 22 movies. Right. It's like, it, it, yeah. It's it's a little uh, it's a little staggering. Yeah. It's um, we are so spoiled that uh, with these, and I mean, we talk about them pretty much every week. But the fact the fact that we have this many movies that are this good that are based on something we already loved, yeah, is kind of the only thing good uh, that America has right now. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're on a weekend with two mass shootings in twenty four hours within thirteen hours of each other. Yeah, yeah, uh, and then uh, yeah, and Mitch McConnell uh, suddenly hurt his shoulder so he can't come to Washington. Mm. So anyway, Endgame's a good thing. So yeah. we have <laughs> So we have oh, Endgame. Uh, but the commentary Audio commentary, yeah. Commentary's definitely worth listening to. Is it just the two Russos? It's two Russos and I think uh McFeely, the screenwriter. Okay. Uh they only talk story. There is no there's no like, hey, this day on the set we had or like, oh, this this was a CG. The design for this was yeah. none of that. It was all like, how do we make this work? What did we try? Yeah. What didn't work? What moved? That's actually incredible because we were talking before there's that shot and I saw it because I had watched Endgame and I was like, I can pause it now. Uh, there, <laughs> There's for sure a giant man in the background of a fight when he's already shrunk down in Ant-Man. I, and, I in don't the van. disbelieve you. I want you to point that out. Yeah, to me it's point, well, maybe we'll, you know, I don't know. We'll figure out how to post it or something. But um, all that shows you is that this movie was edited so many different times, so many different ways to kind of make it balance. And I remember watching the audio commentary for Infinity War, and one of the things they said in it that I was like, that's the craziest shit I've ever heard, was um, the scene when um, Captain America, at the, at the fight in Wakanda, the Vision's being attacked by one of the bad guys, and Captain America like runs in, tackles the guy, and then tells the Vision, like, get out of here, go! In the audio commentary, one of the Russos said they toyed with, and they're one version of the film had that being Captain America's introduction in the movie. Yeah. Not the train station fight where no. he catches the spear. And they and then they were like, yeah, that would have been crazy <laughs> to have two-thirds of this movie with no Captain America, and then he just shows up in Wakanda. Well, they talked about a lot of 
avenues they didn't go down that they tried. One of the things I thought was really interesting was um, Smart Hulk was originally going to be an Infinity yes, War. and it works so much better in Endgame. Yes, and they realized that, that they said they showed it to test audiences and people were like, what? Why is Hulk talking? Because unless you've read 10 years of Peter David, right. you were um they said it was a better setup, and especially since it was five years later, that you're like, okay, it time took passed a while to figure that out. out. Why uh, are the same? But thing? there was a Funko Pop of Hulk busting out of the Hulkbuster armor, yes, which they put out because it was done. Yeah, and I was like, all right, there's there's definitely a reason they did that. Like that had fun- to happen. Yeah, Funko didn't think like, wouldn't it have been cool if the Hulk popped right. out of it? And that was in there. That's interesting. Yeah, I'd also read that the scene where Hawkeye's family disintegrates was going to be at the end of Endgame is, or Infinity War as well. Yeah, that was going to be the first thing you see after the snap. He was going to snap and you were going to cut to Hawkeye's family and they were already like, we can't introduce Hawkeye like two and a half hours in. Right. But, um, but it, when it, it works so much better it with works this movie starting. Yeah, when it starts, you're not expecting it and then you're just like, oh, God damn it, there's this family. They're, they're all going to go. Yeah. Um, so really, really good audio company. They talk yeah. a lot about Robert Downey Jr. Um, uh, when he says I am Iron Man was like a la- the last thing he ever shot because they rewrote that line so many times. Yeah. And it's one of those things is like, how could it have been anything else? Yeah, I had heard, uh, you know, you see on YouTube, it's like all these clips of people talking ad nauseum about all this crap like we are right now. But uh, I had heard there was a lot of different variations on what he says. Sometimes he was saying nothing. Other times it's like they had this scene where everyone kneels and all this nonsense and it's like i am iron man is kind of like it's cheesy or whatever but it's like it's kind of a no-brainer it's like that kicks off the marvel universe it comes full circle yeah exactly i I love it because it's i think it works yeah it's the last thing and it completes his arc because his, his whole arc in all of the movies was about going from selfishness to selflessness to the point where the since civil war he was trying to figure out a way that somebody else would take up that mantle. Right. He didn't, you know, he gave Pepper a suit. He trained Spider-Man. He built, well, he built Ultron. It was the begin, kind of the beginning of that. But he kept trying to figure out a way that it could go on without him. And that's exactly what happens. Right. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's still really good. It's just Yeah, it's, good. I mean, it's an embarrassment of, of riches. Yeah, and, uh, and now we know we're getting Thor 4. It's good because yeah. Chris Hemsworth just gets better every time you watch I got to say, yeah, it's like uh, it's sad to see like Chris Evans and Robert Downey Jr. move on. But it's like um, everyone's like, who's you know, we're going to pass the mantle on a Tom Holland. It's like, no, nah, man, we still have Thor. Yeah. <laughs> it's like and uh, we had said this before when Taika Waititi did the first Thor movie, the Ragnarok. We we were talking about like, dude, give this guy a trilogy. Let this guy do three of these things. Yep. You know, it's and like now he's doing two. Right. So it's like he's at least gonna get another one. I assume it's gonna do well, so he'll he should get another one after that. And then it's like there's your little trilogy. Well it's funny too, because Guardians three has been pushed back until James Gunn does Suicide Squad. Yes. And honestly, Suicide Squad might be really good. Yeah. So we can get two movies, but I was just talking with a friend of mine who was like, Yeah, it's really disappointing because at the end Thor goes off with the Guardians of the Galaxy. But we're not getting Guardians of the Galaxy. We're getting Thor four. We're gonna like, get both, and he's. I think he's gonna be in both. But yeah, there's no reason why the Guardians can't be in Thor four. Well, yeah, I don't know if the Guardians will be in Thor four, but he'll be in Guardians three. You know what I mean? It's like he's in Avengers, and he's in um, Thor. Unless what? You know? Unless what they were gonna do with the two of them is explained in Thor four, and he moves on from them. Yeah. But we're, well, but where? 
Endgame leaves off, I think Thor he 4 with has them. to pick it up because Guardians isn't coming till later. Right. Yeah. We, regardless of what it is, it's interesting. I did notice um, there were a lot of uh, dates thrown out. Marvel had a lot of dates on the calendar uh, for their movie releases through 2022. Right, and then they had they the had, next two years mapped. Out. Right, they had the next two years mapped out, and there were three movies every year. When they released their schedule, though, only there's a there's a missing slot next year. So it's like Black Widow and Eternals is next year. Eternals is next year. There's supposed to be a third movie next year. So there's there's either something that didn't get announced that they're waiting to announce still. Or they're just not going to have three movies next year. Like they might they have not. Been. I mean, look at Disney. Look at the way Disney scaled back with Star Wars. Right. It's maybe they're trying Disney to doesn't, preempt the any fatigue that there could be. Yeah, and Disney doesn't necessarily lock them in, lock themselves into something. I also Sony's starting to really take off with Spider Man. They're not giving it back. Um, Marvel might be giving them a little room. Maybe that slot is Venom too. Yeah, but this, these were MCU movies. These weren't... Yeah, but what I mean is maybe they're not releasing anything then because Sony is going to re- release something. Oh. Because Fox isn't going to make anything anymore, but yeah, Sony still is. And with the double success last year of Venom and Spider-Verse, Sony's pretty confident with Spider-Man. Yeah. that it's And they haven't announced anything. We know there's a third movie. We know there's a third Spider-Man movie that is not announced. They said they're, they have said they're going to make sequels to Spider-Verse, possibly a female spinoff of just of Spider-Gwen. Spider Gwen, yeah. And there is going to be a Venom 2. Maybe that hole is something they're going to do. And Marvel Studios at this point is like, you know what? We're getting along. You're doing okay. Right. We'll stay well, out of your way. They're also trying to do all this Disney XD stuff too or whatever. Well, so the streaming it shows, is yeah. to see. It's like, okay, people now have to watch these shows in addition to And that was the half the panel was talking about their shows. Yeah, it's kind of it's like a much bigger push than even the Netflix stuff was. Oh, absolutely. You know, it's like the Netflix stuff was like kind of like ABC, Shield, and Cloak and & Dagger and all these other shows that like – regardless of whether or not they say they're in the continuity, they don't count. They don't do anything. You know, yeah. there's nothing, uh, shield never going to have any impact on what's going on with any of the movies. No, I was thankfully. A... Cause I can't, I don't have time to watch like seven seasons of yeah. 30 episodes of shield. No, I was in a bar Friday and one of the TVs had shield on with no sound. And I'm yeah. like, I'm like, I left this thing maybe two years ago. I have no idea what's going on. Right. And no willingness to go back. Yeah. There's just, it's not happening. <clears throat> yeah. So, uh, yeah, so Endgame was really good. Um, also, this leaked, and it may or may not be a rumor, but there was a list that came out of what McFarlane has planned for DC when they re- when they release in 2020. Yeah. And it was a lot of stuff for McFarlane. I'm guessing a lot of Batman. Uh, no, it's kind of the heavy hitters. And uh, oh, and these but, are these are toys. These are figures. These yes. are their, the McFarlane company's figures. Now he has the entire DC license because like Mattel doesn't have it anymore. Is that what Mattel is letting go of it? And uh, they gave it all to McFarlane. They're like, you're our guy. Yeah, and then DC Collectibles has been in this weird holding pattern where McFarlane said at Toy Fair, we're going to be doing a lot of different stuff because DC Collectibles is taking a back seat. And I was like, wait, is DC Collectibles ending? And then they didn't announce any product for a while. So I was like, uh, I guess maybe DC Collectibles is is f- f- like a closing shop. 
But then after that, like DC started like putting out little bits here and there. They're like, yeah. oh, we'll re-release some of the animated figures, and here's another black and white statue, and here's uh and here's some more of essentials figures and i'm like okay maybe it's mcfarlane being mcfarlane because mcfarlane doesn't really think that uh anyone else exists <laughs> except yeah. todd mcfarlane um but the <laughs> list that came out was like all over the map where it was like batman comic and batman the animated series and superman the animated series and john stewart comic and the batman who laughs and the, obviously no pictures, so the more you look at it, it could very well be a fan be list. could be a rumor yeah. that's just been put out. But if it's close to being true, obviously I'm curious. McFarlane is very hit or miss, but McFarlane has the Star Wars license, and they put out Kirk, Picard, and Stopped. They didn't even put out a Spock. Yeah, that's so weird. So... Yeah, I don't have a lot of faith in the guy, so we'll see what you know. Yeah, although comes people down the say the Fortnite figures are fantastic, and I saw them. He does Fortnite figures. Yeah, he's got the Fortnite license. And yeah, he's been doing them like Marvel Legends. They're really articulated, and I saw them in a couple of places. I went to uh, Forbidden Planet and Royal Collectibles and Silver Age Comics in New York, and saw the Fortnite figures in a few places. And in fact, there was one where Sebastian. Sebastian got something, and then Ben's like, how come I don't get anything? I was like, you sure do. And then we were <laughs> trying to find something for him to get, and then he uh, he ended up getting a Pickle Rick Funko Pop. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. But as we were looking around, I'm like, well, why don't you get the Fortnite figures? Because I heard they're good, and I want to mess with them. Yeah. <laughs> Just see maybe what these DC figures are going to look like in six months. Right. But with McFarlane, you never know, because... McFarlane is very capable of making great toys. He's had this company for 20 years. Uh, some McFarlane figures are excellent. Some are excellent and don't move. Yeah. Some are excellent and break. Yeah. And some are crap. He's a little all over the place. Yeah, and uh, even a character selection is not as strong as suit. As we said, we don't have a Mr. Spock. Even Spawn. I mean, he made hundreds of Spawns, and they were almost all Spawn. Right. I'm, I'm like, how many villains does this guy have? Oh, he's got three villains, but we're not. Right, we're not going to make any of them. Yeah. <laughs> here's a fat clown. Yes, here's a fat clown again. So it's going to be interesting. Hmm. Uh, so speaking of figures, I yeah. have a question. You know these things, and I don't. So um, because I've been corrupted by you and uh, mm -hmm. Ken <laughs> for yeah. the Marvel Legends, I pre-ordered uh, the 80th anniversary Thor and Iron Man. They're coming out right now. I just, Oh, so I should get the... You'll probably get an email soon. I just got them from Hasbro Pulse, which is Hasbro's yeah. official toy shop. I just ordered them, and they're sh they're gonna ship. And I got the Hulk Wolverine 2-pack, and oh, the They're Colossus, all shipping at the same time? Colossus. Juggernaut. Oh, they put out so much at the same time. That's so frustrating. It's not good. I couldn't even get everything. Yeah. I got the the Iron Man, the Thor, Hulk Wolverine two pack, and the Colossus Juggernaut two pack. I have not gotten the Smart Hulk series yet. Uh, I and then both X Men sets are out. Oh wow! So there, you know, there is a retro series that has Toy Biz X Men cards. Yeah. It has like uh, Jim Lee Storm, Iceman, X Factor Cyclops, uh, Bissema Wolverine, Silver Samurai. And then there is an X-Force set, which only has, like, two members of X-Force because it's, like, yeah. <laughs> for, cause it's uh, Boom Boom and Cannonball. But then it's X-Force Wolverine, so it's a totally different X-Force. But it also has Nightcrawler and Mr. Sinister. Yeah. And it's a Build-A-Wendigo. Yeah, which is just, like, what, Sasquatch with a tail? 
and a yeah, it's head. Sasquatch painted white. Yeah, but they're all hitting now. And there's a new set of uh, Star Wars where they've re-released Darth Maul, Yoda, Anakin Skywalker, and a biker scout. And I'm like, oh, I didn't get any of those. I kind of want to get those. Yeah. Guys. So, um, if I spent every, if I got everything, that would be like 800 bucks this week. Yeah, that's a lot. So you got to sparse it out. I'm trying to. So my question is, uh. The other figure I was going to get is the uh, the other 80th anniversary Avengers, Captain yeah, America. Yeah. New City's Walmart exclusive, which yeah. is very frustrating. In your experience with Walmart exclusives, how hard is this going to be to track down? How many Walmarts am I going to have to run to? Um, Very hard. It's going to be hard. It's going to be hard. That's frustrating. It's going to be very hard. In fact, sometimes you luck out, but usually not. Um, Sometimes they pop up on Walmart. I had a fiasco when I tried to get Loki and Corvus Glaive. Oh, just that, a couple months ago, that was Walmart, oh. and I they put it on their website, and I was like, thank God, and then they um, didn't ship it, but they charged me every day for a week, and I found out about That's it fun. after I had paid them $250. Yeah. <laughs> so, Did you get your figure from them? No. No. I ended up buying Did you get your money back? I got my money no, back. That's good. And I ended up buying a Corvus Glaive for the price of both figures, and yeah. I was like, I guess I didn't need Loki. Right. Because it was a Ragnarok Loki. Yeah. Uh, right now, there is a Captain America exclusive at Walmart that no one's seen. They have an endgame Captain America, which has the scales, and he comes with both the shield and the hammer. Mm-hmm. And no one's seen it. No one's seen it. So I don't expect Captain America to be. I would look on eBay and just see how much he's going for. That's so frustrating. And if it gets close to retail, buy it. Yeah. I'm kind of okay with the retro one. I know. Well, that's going to be have to be my backup if I can't find this fucking thing. It's yeah, getting... I mean, it was a good figure. Yeah. It was in, within the last year or so. Right. But yeah, Walmart's the worst. Target, you can usually find. Target, you can usually yeah, walk Yeah, well, that's the other find. thing I was thinking about is, I was thinking, I was like, where are there even fucking Walmarts near me? And there's the one in Countryside. Yeah, there's one. Which by... I checked. And they don't yeah, have it. I checked that one too. Yeah. And then, but then I was like, dude, there's targets. I can't spit without hitting a target. I'm like, the only other Walmart I know about is like way out like west uh, and northwest by like me, like uh, south of Skokie, but like way west of like Chicago. I'm like, dude, when the fuck am I going to be out here? And that's probably where it's going to be is one of these like in the middle of fucking nowhere Walmarts where nobody cares about this stuff. Yeah, and I also... Why does Walmart get exclusive action figures? That is, exclusive anything drives me <laughs> fucking crazy. Fill demand. Just make a bunch of them. People will buy them, I promise. Yeah, the nice thing now is we're getting less Walmart exclusives and we're getting more Amazon exclusives. Yeah. Which you that's can the, just that, Yeah, buy. that's even more frustrating because it's Amazon and they don't need any fucking help. You yeah, know? But, yeah, Walmart didn't need any help in the 90s. That's true. But They're all pricks. But, you know, they put out that three-pack Magneto, yeah. Silver Scarlet Witch. Very easy to find. You can get it right now. Yeah. And you don't have to... And that was Walmart, too? That was Amazon. Oh, that's one of the Amazon ones. So I the gotcha. Amazon ones are going to be easy. Uh, okay. So, but I, you're saying, theoretically, I could find this cap on Walmart's website. If it comes up, I'm going to text you. Yeah, please do. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, it's one of those things where if I find it, if I find it, I'll get it. Yeah, but... and if you find two, get two, and yes, I'll buy one I from you. absolutely <laughs> will. But if I miss it, that's kind of okay. There's yeah. such a deluge of stuff right, that I'm like, exactly. I all I did also I I didn't order the the Luis and Ghost two pack is out. The Oh, then see you. Yeah, the Korg and Grandmaster two-pack is out. The Gila and Scourge two-pack is out. Yeah. And I'm like, that's $150. Yeah. So I'm, 
Yeah, I mean that's hobby is it's getting expensive. <laughs> I know it's a good thing that um, good thing comicsology is so cheap. Yeah, right. Thank God. So, oh, uh, here's a new story that just happened. I don't know if you heard this. So they're planning this crisis on Infinite Earths on the CW shows. Okay. Which, like, all the shows are going to... Did, they didn't do that already? Didn't they already do? They've done a bunch of crossovers, but this is going to be, like, every reality crossing over. Okay. But... This is where uh, Brandon Routh is going to come back to play Superman, right? Yes, Burt Ward is going to be in it. As, like, old man Robin? I hope not. I hope but so. But they announced today Kevin Conroy will be playing old Bruce Wayne live action in this. Oh, wow. So they're gonna, he's going to be the Bruce from Batman Beyond, but it's actually going to be Kevin Conroy on camera. You think they talked to Michael Keaton and he was like, no. I don't even think they talked to Michael Keaton. <laughs> yeah, they were like, we're the CW. We're not going to get fucking Michael Keaton. Yeah, he's not going to show up on watch. Yeah. You know what? Uh, as much as I love Michael Keaton, Michael Keaton now is not the Michael Keaton who did an episode of 30 Rock. Oh, yeah, yeah. His career is yeah, in a different place. Definitely. Also, 30 Rock is not the Flash. <laughs> yeah, that as well. Um, that's actually super awesome. I think that's something where it's like, uh, um, I stopped watching Smallville. Um, whenever, like, Lana Lang went off to Europe and got, like, switch powers, I was like, okay, I'm I'm off the bandwagon yeah, or whatever. I, I stopped when all, when Doomsday was also a male model. Oh, see, yeah. I don't know if I got that far, but I would check back in when I heard they were doing something cool, like, oh, they're going to use Brainiac, and then I'd watch it, and I'd be like, this is stupid. This is the kind of thing, Five right? seasons of Gotham. Yeah, <laughs> you're still in it. Um, well, and I, well thank making. God. But if they didn't, you'd be right there. Uh, but actually, I'd, I'd kind of want to check it out, you know, catch a clip online. I uh, They use the Justice Society in one of the Smallville's one of the or Smallville's, something. Yeah, I and I watched that Hawk episode, Man. I'm like, I wanted to see Hawkman, because yeah. Hawkman's awesome. And Jeff Johns wrote that. Yes, and which is another reason why I was very interested to see how we would uh, kind of be. So this is the kind of thing where it's like if I can find this on like a clip on YouTube of him screaming at everybody in his old, old grizzled Batman voice, I'm all about that. Yeah, and uh, you know, if there is a clip of it online, I will post it to our Facebook yeah. page. Facebook.com slash Caffeinated Comics. Got that plug out early. Oh, yeah, where you can find everything. So uh also this is weird speaking of of superhero tv shows we don't watch yeah there's a lot of those they're doing a crossover this december on the two marvel movies you forgot existed oh oh uh marvel movies mcu movies no don't tv shows oh there are two tv shows that are on okay that I think I think everyone's forgotten that existed. Well, we just so said Cloak and Dagger. Over. Is that one of them? Cloak and Dagger is one of them. And it's going to be... Um, Cloak and Dagger is pretty good, but I never came back Agents for season Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Two. No, Runaways. Oh, oh, yeah, you're Which right. I absolutely forgot yeah. that was still on TV. It's still on TV? Uh, it's on Hulu. Does that count as TV? Streaming. But it's it's like, it's still coming out. There's new material being produced. Yeah, because they're going to do this crossover. Wow. And... Um, Cloak and Dagger was freeform, but Hulu's been rerunning them. So I think this is, is an advantage to Hulu. Okay. But again, we, this is a common theme. There are so many shows. Yeah, there's too many. That it's like, uh, it's like all, there's there's six shows in the next few months all crossing over with each other that I'm not watching any of them. Yeah. So, so if you're watching either of those shows, I did like Cloak and Dagger. Yeah, I remember when it was coming out, you were saying it was actually like surprisingly good. They did a lot with like Roxxon, and it's like they're obviously going to use a lot of material that they're not going to get to in like the larger MCU. It's just like uh, I never care about Cloak and Dagger. 
it's like if they show up in Spider-Man, the comic, I'm like, okay, this is cool. They, they showed up in like a Maximum Carnage video game. I'm like, these characters are okay. But it's like uh, I would never read a book, a cloak and dagger book. You know, it's like, I, you know, if they're on a team, I guess that's fine. They were in the Avengers for a while. Like Cloak was running around with them during like Civil War. I, I just like uh, it's they're so far down the list, you know? Yeah, there were Spider-Man supporting characters. Yes. And they kind of work for me there. Uh, I, I, I read the original limited series when I was a kid. Because I was like, a number one. And I'm yeah. like, 12. <laughs> this will be worth so they're, much money. They're like Rick Leonardi drew. And I think it was Bill Mantlo who created them. And, um, but I never stuck around. For a while, they made, they brought Strange Tales back in the they late 80s. And it was a 12 page Doctor Strange and a 12 page Cloak and Dagger. These are hard, they're kind of hard characters to sell. Yeah. I mean, it's like the, the premise isn't bad, right? Is that they're, they're like young troubled youths that get right. superpowers and then one is dark one is light right it's like it, everything there works everything you know they have all the ingredients to work it's just like uh it just doesn't do it for me you know yeah, yeah the, just character wise they're not that interesting i like it when they show up in spider-man yeah well they, exactly it's like it's i feel like a lot about them like i do about like black cat you know, Black Cat's great in Spider-Man. I'm not going to read a Black Cat-like miniseries. She shows up in uh, a different book I'm reading. That's fine. I just, like, uh, it, beyond her relationship to characters I already care about, I don't care about her. Yeah, it's like Batman supporting characters. Uh, there's a lot of them that have books that I don't read. Yeah. Like, you know what? I, I'm not going to read Catwoman every month. Right. If she shows up in Batman and Tom King's been using her a lot. Right. I'm happy, but I don't really need Yeah, she to... showed up in Grant Morrison's Justice League. It was great. It's just like, uh, I'm not going to read a monthly Catwoman book. Yeah. I still got to read that uh, that first trade of Grant Morrison's Green Lantern. Speaking of Grant That Morrison. did come out. Yeah, yeah I got to read that. I have not read it yet. I read the first issue and I was very confused. I read the preview. They put the preview in the book, and I'm like, that this is not something too. I'm going to read monthly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's definitely one of those. Uh, speaking of uh, comics that I don't understand, uh, there's um, the monthly Batman book that Tom King's doing that we're both enjoying. There's a sequel to Batman White Knight that started. Yeah, I haven't started that because I liked White Knight, yes. but I'm like, I don't need... And yeah. I, think it, I think it would be a better trade read anyway. Definitely. I read the first issue, and it was very... Um, it's, it was really hard to say where they're going with it. Uh, but then there's another there's another alternate reality Batman story that is coming out. Uh, Snyder and Kapoor are doing. Yeah, which we're both reading. Yeah, I, I forgot I was reading it. <laughs> and well, then, I read the first issue. I remembered I was reading it because it's in my long box. Yeah. And then I picked up the second issue when I was in New York. I stopped by Silver Age where my friends are. And they hadn't unpacked from San Diego. So I walked in going... Hey, I'm gonna buy a Ditko Spider Man from you guys. They're like, nah. No, you're not. <laughs> I was like, then I'm gonna okay. buy Last Night on Earth number two. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that stop me when I'm incorrect. <laughs> Please, cause I cause I read issue two today. Okay, good. And I felt like I didn't read issue one because it seemed like nothing connected to that issue. Yes. Except that Joker's in a jar. You we can talk. And can talk. All right, so Batman was, is in the ahead. future. Yeah. And the world's been destroyed. Yeah, it's like apocalyptic. It's like an old man Logan with Batman. Yeah. And by, it's Batman's fault. But we don't know why. We don't know why. And it's, he's kind of meeting everybody who's still like alive. 
but I I uh I thought he was like way further in the future, but he can't be because like Bane and Scarecrow. Yeah. But and then like all wasn't Alfred like lying to him and he was in like a straight jacket and in an insane asylum and Alfred was like pretending that he's Batman and everything's okay. Right, and they didn't touch on that at all in this issue. I it's uh <laughs> I don't know what happened. It's it's very strange. It's very bizarre. I uh I it's kind of like um it kind of reminds me of All-Star Batman where it's like every issue's kind of just crazier than the last issue and you're like well, let's just see how crazy this is going to get. The Frank Miller, Jim Lee run. Yeah. Not, where the, it was, not the Scott Snyder run no, where no, he no, did no. three stories that kind of made sense. The shit crazy Frank Miller one, the I'm the goddamn Batman, Batman book. That one. Yeah. 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 It feels a lot like reading that, except it's, I think, on time. And uh, it makes a little bit more sense. And it's it's less Frank Millery. Right. It's less crazy because, like, Scott Snyder's not nuts. Uh, sure. <laughs> I mean, let's wait until this series ends before we make such bold claims. Yeah, well, I, I loved their run, although it started to really shake I me by the end. I did not love their run. <laughs> I loved Court of Owls, and then I really liked Death of the Family, Here, and then Year Zero was okay. Let's play this game. Then Commissioner Gordon became Batman, and Bruce Wayne grew a beard. And he fought a sunflower monster. Yeah, yeah that's when I was like, A lot of weird like, stuff eh. in there. All right, here's... I like, but then I did like the General Media Jr. story that Scott okay. Snyder wrote. So aside from Batman and the dead, the metal crossover and all this other nonsense, yeah, Justice League, yeah, what else has Scott Snyder written? People loved American Vampire. Is that, that where this guy comes from? He's yeah, the American he Vampire from, guy. He came from Vertigo. Oh, yeah. give me a break! <laughs> it's so <laughs> stupid. <laughs> so he did one indie book that killed. Well, it they did gave, awesome. Yeah, but they, they had sequels to it. Yes, but they gave him Detective. And he first. did that Detective. He did Detective when Dick Grayson was Batman. Okay. He did the Black Mirror. And then people, oh, Black Mirror, that's the Jack. other one. Okay. Yeah, so okay. So beyond Batman, so because that story sold when the New Fifty Two came around. Yeah. They gave him Batman, and they got. And since Bob Harris was running a lot of the New Fifty Two, which they don't like to talk about anymore, yeah, I don't like anything were, about there that. was a bu- there were a bunch of old Image guys running all over the place, yeah, because all those Image guys had come from the X off because Bob, Bob Harris is a big fat nineties guy. He yes. loves the nineties. So like you know, Jim Jim Lee had a Grifter book, and Rob Liefeld was doing a couple of books, and Brett Booth was doing Rob stuff Liefeld. And, I think rebooted Deathstroke. Yeah, there were yeah there were there were Image guys all over the place. But so Greg it Capullo was kind of a hot mess. Greg Capullo got Batman because yeah. Greg Capullo was the, a Spawn guy, and but Greg Capullo was doing the work of his career, and the first few stories. The yeah. first couple of years hey, were really were up really, until really good. Uh, maybe Death in the Family. Is that the one where Joker was like cutting his face off? Yeah, and I still like that story. Yeah, that's a good story, but that might be the Zero, last good story. Yeah, I felt like Zero Year it had something and then lost it and then got it again because it was like a year long story that was actually three stories and like one of them didn't work. Yeah, I don't even remember. I remember it was Batman. the Bone Monster. Yeah, okay, so that actually probably is where I stopped reading, The Bone Monster. I remember the Daffodil guy was, like, on a cover, and I'm like, I'm glad I'm not reading this fucking book anymore. You know, I know, I read the whole thing. Um, Because you you watched five seasons of Gotham, because you're insane. Yeah. (laughs) I like Tom. I like Tom King more. Yeah, that's true. I really like Tom King, and I can't. Tom King is a f- uh, way better Batman writer, a way better writer. Period than uh, Scott Snyder. Yeah, we were talking about this. I was actually talking about this with uh, Mike Drucker when I saw him. Um, Tom King 
there are people that really hate this run. And I think first yeah, of all, I, first of I've all, they that. feel betrayed by the wedding, which I blame DC for that. They're yeah. fucking marketing. Yeah. Because idiots. King was going to do this all the time. Yeah. They weren't really going to get married. But the thing about Tom King, we were talking about it because he was like, well, did you like Vision? I was like, I loved Vision. Yeah. Did you like Mr. Miracle? I love Mr. Miracle. And I'm like, are you reading Batman? He's like, no, because people say a lot of things about it. And I'm like, the thing about Tom King is that he's interested in the spaces in between. Yeah. Because in Mr. Miracle, there is a cataclysmic war between New Genesis and Apocalypse that we never you see. You don't see barely any of it. No, we see him sitting in his one-bedroom apartment with a baby. Yeah. Because that's what he's interested in doing. And Vision was about Vision having a family in the Washington, D.C. suburbs. Right. It The problem with him being on Batman, for a lot of fans, is that he's doing that with Batman. And Batman's right. the flagship title. It's not Batman Catwoman, which he will get. Or it wasn't even, like, it's not even Detective. If he could, he could do those kinds of stories in Detective, you can't do those in Batman. Batman is supposed to be... Uh, you know, it's bring, to bring be, out the rogues gallery. It's the blockbuster. Have the big, book. Yes, yeah. it's a blockbuster. And, and it's, in fact, he's I, not delivering blockbusters. Yeah. When Denny O'Neill was editing it, he used to say that Batman is the superhero book. Detective is the procedural book. Yes. And he would choose teams that Based were stronger on, in those areas. Yeah. Whereas, and depending on who's editing and who's there, sometimes there's just two fucking Batman books. But I think that's what pissed some fans off because, um, the war of jokes and riddles Oh, that's a great story. It's a great story, but the actual war is like a splash page here and there. It's seven issues, yeah. but there's a kite. The war happens in the, Behind the, the background. Yeah. yeah, it's a thing the story happens around. And people, when people buy a book that says <laughs> Batman, and it says Joker is going to war with Riddler, they want to see them shooting see the bazookas war. at each other yeah. for 10 and pages. And wrecking Gotham City, and it's like, you don't see like any of that. And I remember reading it, and I... I knew of that story was coming because I I'm came to, I came to his Batman run late because same like everybody else yeah. I'm like I don't not same like everybody else not apparently. me I uh, Amazing Spider Man and Batman I will never never leave. give up but I, I, really I like, don't care so much about Batman yeah so I wasn't I didn't care that Tom King was getting Batman it was like anyone could be writing Batman I'm not very interested in it but I had read a lot of the Lee Weeks issues because I love Lee Weeks art and so Lee Weeks like, doing the work of his career. is killing it so I went and they're back. saving him for like yes. annuals and stuff he's doing all the big books. Uh, so I went back and reread, or I read from the beginning and trade all the Batman run, and I knew the War of Riddles was coming because I had read the solicitations or whatever, and I was like, okay, so this could be like their big book, and then like four or five issues in, the story was like starting to wrap up, and I'm like, we're not gonna see a big a big war. It's like the biggest thing that happened was like the two of them having the conversation in the room, and then the the punchline about kite man at the end yeah you know it's like and and it was good it wasn't bad it was just not what you were expecting tom king's run is like millhouse watching itchy and scratchy and poochie the whole run can be summed up as when are they gonna get to the fireworks factory the greatest thing in the world this week so i've been talking about how uh, ben and i have been binge watching sitcoms for the last year and we've been trying to find good things giving him a comedy education yeah we're starting to get to the to like the bottom, not that not in terms of quality, but it's getting harder to find yeah, stuff. stuff you haven't watched. Yeah, because you know we've um, he likes modern stuff. So like I tried the honeymooners, it didn't work. 
but we've done we've done like Seinfeld and Thirty Rock and Community and Parks and Rec and Rick and Morty and the IT Crowd and the Black Adder and the Young Ones and Sein. I said Seinfeld. Yeah. Um. See, I'm already running out of stuff. So we're we're finding like weird stuff now, and um, stumbled across Better Off Ted, which I used to watch when it was on, and I forgot about it. It was on ABC about ten years ago. And they put it on before Lost, and it, it has um, a lot of character guys. It was created by Victor Fresco, who did Andy Richter Controls the Universe, okay. which was a great show yeah. that died after one season. Then Andy like did a couple of other sitcoms that didn't work. He went back to Conan. Mm-hmm. But it was really surreal and weird, and uh, Better Off Ted was like that. Uh, it ran for two seasons, and it was like 13 episodes each and gone. Well, the whole thing is on Hulu. So we've been watching it, and it's it really holds up, and it's really sharp. And chances are you haven't heard of it. Or... Yeah, I've heard of Better Off Ted, but I never... I couldn't tell you anything about it. I keep picturing that guy from How I Met Your Mother, and I'm the creep. No, not <laughs> Ted that Ted Mosby or whatever. No, no. <clears throat> most of the people in it, yeah, I haven't seen in much else. But Portia de Rossi is in it, who... Um, who is Lindsay on Arrested Development. Okay. And she's great in it. And she's retired from acting. Yeah. So you don't see her in anything, anything anymore. anymore. She was barely in the Netflix seasons of yeah. Arrested Development. But it's about, it's about like, it's a workplace comedy, but the corporation is incredibly evil. Like they're, it's kind of Dilbert, but they're kind of being crushed uh, and like creating evil, evil things. Okay. And they're, they're two scientists that work in a research department and then ted is like this guy who's trying to be a nice guy and trying to appeal to everybody but trying to please the company and it's got this really sharp sense of humor um um, there's a girl in it that was from joey andrea andrews who i'm kind of in love with and when i started watching it again i'm like oh yeah there was that girl i was kind of in love with yeah and then i'm watching like oh this is why yeah (laughs) so there are times where i go let's watch better off ted because i want to look at her yeah um but and she's really funny in it she's really good but there's it has almost like the the original tick kind of sense of humor. Okay. And there sum it up perfectly, there was one episode where they put motion sensors on everything. Okay. So like the water fountains and the doors and the elevators and the security locks, they all had face scan and then they found out it couldn't read black people. So they hired white people to follow the black people around, <laughs> but then they got mad about affirmative action. So they had to hire black people to follow the white people to follow the black yeah. people. It's that kind of humor. Yeah. Only 26 episodes. Yeah. Shocking. So that's totally yeah. in your favor. It's yeah, almost Netflix size. Right. Almost. But, but yeah, it's one of those things under the radar where 10, 20 years ago, you would have remembered it and you would have been telling people about it and people would not know what you're talking about. Yeah. But now you can just see the whole thing on Hulu. Yeah. And it's huh. it's still great. Um, I just started uh I've been looking for it forever. And uh I I bought this uh hardcover. DC's been doing these hardcovers, um, where it's like DC Universe presents like John Burns, DC Universe. And it's like here's a bunch of obscure John Burns stuff that he did that we're going to slap together in a trade and put out because it's never going to be collected anywhere else. Yeah, because all of his big runs are already out. Yes. And I didn't buy the John Byrne one. I bought the Mike Mignola one because uh, Mike Mignola on anything, I'm pretty much like, sign me up. And I read it, and it's good. You know, the stories aren't the best, but the art is awesome. 
But the thing I wanted to read wasn't in there. <clears throat> and the book I wanted to read, and you have it over here on your shelf. I've looked at it quite a bit, is uh, Cosmic Odyssey. Oh, I think that's still in print, so they didn't put it in that book. Right. So it wasn't included. Uh, and so I've got it now. It's like four or five issues or something. And I've only read the first issue so far, so no spoilers for this 20 or fucking 30 year old book. Some big 80, have, some 1985, big... I think this thing came oh, out. Oh, no, so no, it's... it's later. I feel like it's 89. Oh, okay. Well, it's I almost as old I, as me. I was a DC fan at that point, and it is definitely post crisis. Yes, okay. Uh, so um, I'm starting to read it. It's really good. It's, it's, uh, I like, uh, it's, it's frustrating <laughs> because. Uh, you used to be able to read, this is personal opinion or whatever, like everything that comes out of my mouth on this show, but it's like, you used to be able to sit down and read like many DC books and know what the fuck was going on in the DC universe. That hasn't been the case since Dandito got a chokehold on continuity. Yeah, and I just, feel somewhere around Infinite Crisis, I lost the thread. Yes, exactly. Exactly Infinite Crisis. Because like up until Identity Crisis, I was with you. Infinite Crisis, like kind of there. And then Final Crisis, the fucking cart... The wheels came off the cart, and the horse ran away. I reread Final Crisis not too long ago. And is it frustrating? Yeah. Yeah, because it's a bullshit. Yeah, I was because I was rereading the Grant Morrison <clears throat> Batman run, and then I'm like, oh, this is where it goes into Final Crisis, and Grant wrote it, so yeah. I'm going to consider it part of the Batman run. <sighs> it wasn't easy. Yeah, and I, I, I had read... Um, the uh, DC Legends. I had read about a month before this. I love Legends. I love Legends. Yeah, John Ostrander wrote that, and John Byrne drew. John it. Byrne draws it. It's kind of like here's a rebooted origin, kind of for like the Justice League. That Dark. last issue was a great fight too. Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, so continuing in that idea, I wanted to get to Cosmic Odyssey. Mike Mignola, another good artist on this book, drawing all these characters I've never seen him draw before. And it's just like, it's just so far, just straightforward superhero shit. Uh, shit's going down. A group of heroes shows up. They have to break off into teams and run in different directions, to, like take care of shit. And it's like, you don't have that anymore. It's always these like mega big crossovers and one event leading to the next. It's very uh, frustrating. You know, uh, this past week or two weeks ago, uh, I'm a bit behind on my books, but War of the Realms ended recently, which mm -hmm. I love the concept of and was less than thrilled with the execution. Uh, so that that crossover ended. So now the first issues of books that I read monthly post War of the Realms have come out. Avengers, Captain Marvel, like these books I'm really digging. Right. And it's like, okay, cool. We're it, Here's the first issue of the new story arc, and both of them are good. Avengers is doing this like ghost riders racing through hell to determine who's going to be like the king of hell story. And then Captain Marvel is just being this joyous book that I'm probably my favorite monthly book right now. Uh, but fucking Marvel is already advertising this goddamn fucking carnage crossover that's hurtling oh, yeah. towards us like a fucking meteorite. And it's like, uh, we're going to get, what, three or four months before this comes out, and then everyone's going to have to do a carnage story and then get back to the stories that they're setting up now. It's just very frustrating. So it's nice to just sit down, <laughs> read a book that's fucking 30 years old, that has like a, a more sensible storytelling and less... Uh, continuity nonsense in it and it's just like a beginning a middle and an end characters you recognize as the characters you know it's like batman's just like doing batman stuff 
in Gotham. It's not like ridiculous Batman where it's like he's the king of everybody. He's Iron Man. Right, where he's practically Iron Man and can beat the shit out of everybody. It's like, uh, uh, it's just, it's, it's, it's a, it's a refreshing, it's very refreshing. And again, Mignola, uh, I came to Mignola on Hellboy. So, uh, he, he had perfected it. He had figured out, this is how I do it. And he, he killed it. Uh, and I read all of Hellboy by Mignola. So now going back and kind of seeing these like other stories where he's, He's like kind of figuring out how to do it. It's like um, we talked about this idea before on the show of this like idea of like uh, comic book like archaeology. It's like kind of digging back and being like, oh, like uh, Brian Hitch uh, was influenced by Alan Davis. Alan Davis was influenced by Gil Kane. And you can kind of trace this through line of who who set up who, you know, going backwards. Uh, so seeing like early Magnola pre Hellboy figuring out how he's going to draw dark side and uh etrigan the demon and all this other stuff is just really uh it's a it's a it's a joy yeah that was the cosmic odyssey was the first book i I read mignola on and actually jim starlin writes that who created that yes yeah of course (laughs) a fucking of course jim starlin wrote it yes and you know how i knew it was jim starlin not because i look at the credits on the cover because i'm an idiot because i'm (laughs) flipping through and i'm like oh boy there's sure a lot of word balloons in here (laughs) i wonder who wrote this and i'm also reading that Adam Warlock omnibus, the Thanos Wars. Yeah, which is all Jim Starlin. It's all Jim Starlin. It's just Adam Warlock sitting on an asteroid fucking philosophizing about all, all manner of nonsense. Well, people forget the reason Batman's in that and written so well was Jim Starlin was writing Batman at that time. It's insane to think he, that Jim, anyone would allow Jim Starlin to write Batman. I know. Well, Jim Starlin killed Jason Todd. Oh yeah, that's he was right. the right. He created the KG Beast. Yeah, and he killed, <laughs> he killed Jason Todd. He killed Jason said, Todd. I was trying to explain. Uh, we, you know, as we're doing all this music video nonsense over there at the studio, and uh, the guys were talking about like '90s comics, and they were talking about uh, Reign of Superman. You know, the four different right, Superman. Yeah. They were trying to figure out, and they were like, "Wasn't there like a contest to like pick who Superman was?" I'm like, "No, no, no. What you're thinking of is the contest to kill Jason Todd. It was like a voting, and overwhelmingly fans." voted to murder a child and then they were like well how did he die and i'm like all right hang on a second joker bludgeons him with a crowbar repeatedly and then blows up the factory or whatever he's in and then he gets away with the crime because (laughs) he is an ambassador for iran and he has diplomatic immunity and he's wearing a fucking like turban or something It's, it's insane that last issue is nuts yeah, <laughs> and Superman shows up. It's uh, it's crazy. Yeah, when they but did, in like a joyous in a joyous way. When they did the Under the Red Hood movie, they uh, left out the yeah. Surprising, they left all that Iranian shit out of the fucking book. Well, if you'd uh. like to tell us who you'd like to make the ambassador of Iran in the DC universe. <laughs> Maybe it's Billy Batson. It should be Grodd. <laughs> there you go. Let us know. You can contact us. Uh, I am on Instagram and Twitter at Not In My Book. That is the official Caffeinated Comics social networking feed. We've already mentioned the Facebook page, facebook.com slash Caffeinated Comics. You can post there. You can comment there. We'll check it and we'll talk to you. And Stephen, how do we follow the show? How do we follow you? Um, you can follow me on Instagram at the Brave Butter Pecan. And you can find the show on Spotify, Stitcher, and iTunes. And we are proud members of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. And we will talk to you next week at a decent hour. Hopefully.